0: We will fight with every measure of our strength and with every ounce of our energy to lift up the working men and working women of America and to restore the fabric of this nation. The radical left Democrats have embraced an extreme ideology of government domination and control. Our approach is the opposite, one based on freedom, values, individual responsibility and just plain common
1: sense. It's common sense. Take my photo off the wall If it just won't sing for you Cause all that's left is gone away And there's nothing there for you to prove Jet, look what you've done. That was Trump from last night, and I'm on the air now for two hours telling her I thought he was great last night. And for my friends, Bo Deedle and Pete King, and a lot of you, actually, the last couple of weeks coming out of the woodwork, don't try to hop back on on that uh, Trump bandwagon now. Don't do it. I'm not letting you back on. That's it. You're done. That's it. Because I know you sat there last night and said, oh, my God, he's the right guy. Not like Ron DeSantis. He's fine. He's cute. Does a good job in Florida. I mean, folks, if you think running Boca is like dealing with the uh, president of Venezuela, then there's something wrong with you. You know, Then you're like, oh, my God, this guy, I really miss this guy. The way he talked about Joe Biden last night, the way he talked about the Democrats, what they've done to this country. And he did a very good job of laying out what he did well. He did a lot well, a lot well, a lot well. But then COVID came and they destroyed him. That's fine. And he has spent the last couple of years making an ass out of himself, I agree, yelling and screaming at everybody and blaming everybody in the rigged election, and he didn't do any of that last night. I, again, before I get to Andrew Giuliani, I'm speaking at this Republican club. I'm out of my league, I admit it, but I'm funny, I'm entertaining, I'm cute, they like me. Um, but, I, you know, this is not my gig. But I do it now all the time, and they do seem to like it. And I am explaining to people, they, all they want to hear about is, uh, they, all they want to talk about is voter fraud. I go, I, I, I. listen, I know voter fraud exists. We talked about the Tom Sullivan race here early this morning. It's getting screwed every day. Carrie Lake, I get it. But Trump can't be the messenger for that. He has spent the last two years obsessing about that, and we don't care anymore from him. I'm not saying Republicans shouldn't try to fix it. Of course they should. It's a big problem but not from Trump. Trump's message needs to be very clear. I built it. I filled the dreams. They destroyed it. Here's the good news. I can rebuild it again. That's it. And that's exactly, I'm no genius, but if you were in that shul last night and you walked out early, which some of you did, guess who was right? I was right. Because you didn't talk about rigged elections. And then Ron DeSantis. He talked about what he did right and how he can fix it again. I had Andrew Giuliani on the show yesterday. He said the same thing down in Palm Beach. He dropped by Mar-a-Lago this morning. He said Trump needs to deliver that message. And that's what he did. So here he is, uh, my dear friend, back again today, the great Andrew Giuliani. Uh, Drew, what's the weather this morning in Palm Beach? Uh, it's, I think, one
0: degree colder than it was yesterday, so it's only 80 today. Yes. <laughs> very, very, very nice. I actually, here.
1: But, you, you sent me a picture of you and your precious little daughter, Grace, yesterday. And yeah. uh, I may be wrong, but you almost look like suntan to me, sunburned something. You get that, that uh, Giuliani tan. It's different than mine, but I thought you had it.
0: You know, I wish that I had the Italian skin color. I, I Unfortunately, I just have the Italian appetite. I never actually got <laughs> the olive skin tone. It's the other way around, unlike you, which, you know, seems to be – always tan it can be the middle of february and sit has a perfect tan so uh you know it's one of those one of those things yeah.
1: well you look good though the picture was great and you and the baby look great so yesterday uh you said what i've been saying for a long time and you're smarter than me and you've worked with trump for four years and that was lay off the name calling lay off the rest of the rigged election nonsense and deliver a message of positivity that'll make americans feel like you know what i really miss you And regardless of what David Axelrod or Jeb Bush or these morons are saying this morning, that's exactly what Donald Trump did last night. Did you see the same thing?
0: I did. You know, I think uh, in looking back at it, I was able to uh, catch—I didn't actually catch the full speech last night. I'm going to be going back and watching it today. But in the pieces that I saw and certainly what you've highlighted, Sid, I think it's exactly what we talked about yesterday, which is Americans want to hear about a plan moving forward, about a plan for our country, about how we're going to fix inflation, about how we're actually going to go and deal with this crisis at the southern border, which is now literally affecting our city here in New York, about how we're going to help cities like New York, like Chicago, like Boston that are struggling with with uh, crime increases all across the country. Uh, and I think he laid out a plan there for that. I think what's going to be very interesting in the coming months is by him announcing so early, he is putting so much of, I think, his chips in Herschel Walker's basket, because we're going to move on once we once we assess all this. And once we get to Thanksgiving, obviously, you know that there are already So many different political consultants. There's so many different people that are pouring in to volunteer for Georgia for that 50th Senate seat for Republicans. I think a lot of Trump's early success in 2023 in coalescing is going to be based on whether or not he can get Herschel Walker over the finish line or not. And that's whether or not he shows up in Georgia Mm -hmm. or not because he's, as we know, he's a presence whether he's there or not.
1: Well, he already screwed up once in Georgia. And again, no one loves Trump more than me, and you could hear that every day, but I'm also critical, and he already screwed up once in Georgia. Uh, I don't know if he'll do that. I mean, I think he's so focused on himself, and probably doesn't even realize that Herschel Walker is involved in a runoff in a couple of weeks. So I don't know. But, you know, he was very angry with Ron DeSantis. He felt like Ron DeSantis wasn't very gracious. And that's ridiculous. You know, maybe... The first time he won the gubernatorial, yes. But DeSantis has already served. He's won again. I think we're past that point with Ron. But what about Mike Pence? Pence is on with Brett Bail last night saying there are better choices out there. As you and I are speaking right now, Mike Pence is on Fox and Friends saying the same type of thing. So if there's anybody who's been disloyal, it's not really DeSantis, it's Pence. But Pence will make the argument, hey, he put my family in danger. He wanted me hung, you know, in Herald Square. What do you think is really going on here between Mike Pence and Donald Trump? Well, I
0: think Mike Pence is trying to sell a book. And as he knows, as the best way to sell a book is not by, uh, is by making sure that you're creating headlines. And that's ultimately what Mike Pence is doing. Uh, I know that they have talked. I don't know if they've talked recently, but I know that they have talked uh, over the last year. I, I don't think they've talked much recently from what it sounds like. And it certainly uh, from the, the last time that I saw the president or a while back. Um, but I think he's trying to sell a book at this point, and okay. I think Pence is also trying to figure out his political path. He's trying to figure out if there's a way that he can that he can make a run for a nomination. I don't I don't see that for Pence. You can see that for a guy like like DeSantis or maybe Youngkin or or maybe Pompeo if if the cards align. I, I think Pence sealed his fate a, a long time back. Um, but I think right now, uh, you know, there, there's a there's an old saying that life is a struggle for relevance. And I think that's what Mike Pence uh, is, yeah. is looking at right now. I think he's looking for his spot. I think he's looking trying to try to figure this out and try to see if there is a path for
1: Yeah, there's no path. You, you name some of the yeah. folks that uh, there may be a path for. And, you know, to Trump's credit last night, he didn't talk about a primary down the road. He didn't talk about winning the Republican Party first. He talked about fixing stuff. So it was assumed yeah. in his speech last night that he was going to win the primary and go on and take on Joe Biden or somebody else there. But we know better. If in fact, Ron DeSantis decides to run, it's going to be a bloodbath. Bottom line, Trump will, will go after him in a big, big way. If DeSantis doesn't decide to run, and I think he will, but if he doesn't, then I don't really see anybody, Andrew, that could A, give Donald Trump a real fight or B, would make Trump angry enough to go after them like he does DeSantis because clearly he's jealous of some of Ron's popularity. Yeah,
0: I think that's right. And I think here's one of the things that I think is very different from 2016 to 2022 as well. you got to remember, in 2015 and early 2016, Trump was getting a ton of airtime in talking about Jeb, in talking about Lion Cruise, and Fox, MSNBC. Remember, he'd go on Morning Joe all of the time. He yep. was just owning airtime. Owning airtime. You can already see the difference in Fox's strategy in terms of covering Trump. They're going to give him as little airtime as possible, and they're going to give DeSantis as little airtime as possible. So I think he's got to be very critical, very, very careful in who he criticizes uh, amongst fe- fellow Republicans who may choose to run, because he's not going to get. All the free air time that he got last time. If he does what he did last night, Sid, where he focuses on solutions, he talks about his policy victories, and he says this is how we're going to update this plan for January 20th, 2025, when I become the 47th president of the United States, then I think he's got not only an incredible chance to win the nomination – but to actually
1: be the pre- 47th president. Yeah, I agree with you. I just I just don't have any confidence, and I hate saying this because right. he's my overwhelming choice, but I've got zero confidence that he could maintain the class and the focus that he showed last night. I mean, you know he's just he's a, a second away from going crazy, and it's going to show itself at some point, and it's going to disappoint me and everybody else. But if he can somehow not do it, yes, he's going to win, but... The odds of him not doing it, Andrew, are slim to none.
0: Well, well, you know, Sid, last night also shows me that I think Trump realizes that. His back is somewhat up against the wall, and I mean this because every single time that I've seen Trump, whenever he gets his back up against the wall, whether it's on a policy, maybe his approval rating is kind of lower. He that's when he is as disciplined as he's ever as he ever gets. You can go back to the 2016 campaign, and you can look at when he was criticizing the um, uh, the cons uh, whose son passed away. Yes. Uh, is, Well, listen, You you
1: be careful with, you know, the criticizing, the Gold Star family, because, yeah, it wasn't great. I'm not sure he caught on, yeah, I guess he did. You're right. Go ahead. Keep going.
0: You know, it it was just one of those things where he probably, you know, as as a presidential nominee, probably should not have done it. But basically what happened was his approval rating goes down. He ends up having a a dip in the polls against Hillary, and he gets disciplined back on message. And I remember that the next month was one of his best months in terms of actually talking about the problems that Americans wanted to hear and the solutions they wanted to see solved. I think right now what he's realized is if DeSantis gets in, he's going to have a real challenge. He no. needs to stay disciplined. No. I think he probably realized that with a little bit of the backlash that he's been hearing since he since he criticized him and called him Ron DeSantis. Uh, and I think that's why – I think that's why – um, yeah, I think that's why you saw such a disciplined Trump last night. And, and I'm hopeful that that continues. I, I hope I hope that maybe he, he's been able to see all this and, and, and be able to push back. But, again, you, you never know. It could just be, uh, you know, one truth away, I
1: guess. Yeah. You know, the DeSantis um, the, the thing is funny because—and I love Ron, and I still go to Florida all the time. And he's a great governor. And, and believe me when I tell you if Ron DeSantis won, I would not be upset. I'd be thrilled. To, I'd be joyed. I'd be overjoyed, you know. Um, yep. Trump is still my guy, but I'd I love it if Ron DeSantis won. But for all the folks, Andrew Giuliani, that are so quick to credit Ron DeSantis for his political policy, he stole all of it from Trump. Not one idea. I'm being serious. Not one idea that Ron DeSantis has expressed from his stance on immigration to the economy. Not one was his what he's done basically is, I'm going to take all of Trump's policies and not freak out, and people like Bo Deedle and Pete King are going to love me. But those aren't his policies. Those are Donald Trump's.
0: Yeah, I think probably what people love more about DeSantis right now, or why DeSantis is kind of the uh, the hot new girl in town, if you will, uh, is probably what he does not bring to the table more than what he even brings to the table. Right. you look at the positives and the pros of both Trump and DeSantis, uh, I mean, I guess you could say you look at the Parental Rights and Education Act. That was something that, that was really big, yeah. at Oh wait, wait, of, wait, wait, you mean yeah, the, that, you
1: mean the you mean the Don't Say Gay uh, Act? You mean even <laughs> though it never says anything in there,
0: even though that those three words never show up in there, but that's exactly right. What the left no. media likes to call the Don't Say Gay Bill, which is actually the Parental Rights and Education Act. Uh, that's something that he was able to implement. But then again, you can go back and, and you can look at what President Trump released with his 1776 plan, which was in 20 in 2020. It was during the pandemic, so it didn't get a lot of coverage, but a lot of that was based off of this. So I'm certainly uh, not here saying that Ron DeSantis came up and said, uh, hey, I- I've got a whole new way of doing this. I think he looked at a lot of the successes that Trump had and said, hey, I want to implement this in the third largest state in the country, uh, and that's why he's having the success that he is. I don't think he's he's created something from uh, from scratch, if you will. That's but right. He's looked at Trump's recipe, and he said, you know, I'm going to take all this good stuff. I'm going to maybe uh, take away uh, some of the uh, you know 17 tweets or truths about uh, other Republicans, and uh, I'm, I'm going to mix this up and see what we have. And, and that's why people have been coming down to Florida and and uh and, and that's why I'm spending a little vacation time with my family here, because it's a free state. you feel I, I remember doing this actually I remember coming down here sid during uh, uh right after the White House, so it was february of twenty twenty one and coming down here whenever the world's massed up, this and that it came down, and it really at that point, it felt like a different country, Yes, it felt like you were in a completely different place. I just remember after yep. thirty six hours sitting outside looking at the ocean and thinking this place is just the the freest place I feel like I've ever been because of what you'd gone through for the last
1: year. No, I did the same thing. We went to the Diplomat hotel for four days. Nobody wore a mask. And as soon as we got back to Kennedy airport, everybody was wearing a mask. It was gross. Uh, You know, one of the things uh, as we wrap this up, Andrew, you and I get along so well, we become really best friends is because we've got a lot in common. You know, you're a great father, uh, the way I treat my children. Uh, obviously, the also love and I respect.
0: I my Kyrie Irving jersey, so that, yes. that, that helped, too. Yes, you, you know love the Jews. Yes, you love the yep, Jews. Yep, and that, we're both right.
1: big sports fans. Big, big sports <laughs> fans. And you're a Yankee fan. I'm a Met fan. That's okay. But I did yep. make the, the statement earlier that as a big sports fan, whether it's Lakers, Celtics, Giants, Cowboys, Yankees, Red Sox, Red Wings, Avalanche, I don't care. But we're about to watch the next two years will blow away any great rivalry in the history of sport between the primary and the presidential election, where would you rather be than with WABC for the next two years? That's a great point,
0: and you're absolutely right. I mean, this is going to be two heavyweights going at each other for the next two years. I just hope, like you, that we're talking about policy. We're talking about different ways. We can see the nuances, because I think when that ends up happening, and I think, I think a lot about this in terms of the primary that I just had with Lee Zeldin and Rob Astorino. Yeah, there were times where it got a little bit ugly in there. How come, no how, come you
1: always, how come you always leave out Harry Wilson? He was there to him. <laughs> and,
0: Harry, and Harry. And of course Harry. And of course there. <laughs> You know, good question. We actually should have Harry on and talk through that. Maybe he'll say, you know, the primary had with uh, Lee Zeldin and Rob Astorino and that other guy. I don't know. I don't know who that other guy is, but – (laughs) Uh, But you talk about – when you talk about policies and you go around the country and you're able to push this stuff, and you get Trump in Iowa, you get DeSantis in New Hampshire, and they're talking about things that are going to help Americans. Guess what? That's multiple messengers that are pushing through what we believe are good conservative ideals, which I believe has shown time and time again to help push freedom in our country. If they can do that then uh, that, and I'm not saying that there won't be a little bit of sniping back and forth. I think part of that is just human nature. But I just wanna see 90% of this focused on really what can help Americans. We can do that. If Trump can do that, if DeSantis continues to stay disciplined on that, then whoever the nominee coming out of the Republican convention in 2024 is going to be primed not only to win the presidency, but it's going to be primed to be a change agent come 2025. And that's really what you want to win. As much as you want to win, as much as you want your side to win, you want Republicans to win, you want them to go in to start to change Washington. You don't just want them to go in to say, my side won. What are they going to do for four years? Ah, nothing. You want them to come on in and take the actions that President Trump was able to take in Washington, D.C. That's what he highlighted last night. That's why he was so effective in office, and that's what I hope he continues to highlight throughout this campaign.
1: You like um, Sebastian Gorka?
0: I've, I've, you know what? Gorka was in the White House probably for about four stop or five it,
1: months. Stop, stop right there. One, he, of, the he, best stop. He's One a, of the best voices. He's a jerk-off. <laughs> what did he do? What did he do now? <laughs> well, he was supposed to come on the show at 7.40 this morning, and that's when your really? friend and mine, Macedonia Bill, called him very yeah. innocently, Gorka started yelling at Phil that he was at the airport, not to bother him, and he's not coming on. Oh, my goodness. Well,
0: was that, was that Gorka's fault or Macedonia's Gorka's fault? Gorka's fault. It was Gorka's fault. Yeah. Well, what the heck, Sebastian? Okay, I'll have to give him a call and say, hey, look, you do not insult Kid Rosenberg like this, and, and certainly you do not insult Lou Rufino and Macedonia Phil like this. I mean one <laughs> thing. But I mean to Phil and yeah. to throw Phil under the bus like this. I terrible. mean you know that's, yeah. that's
1: trouble. That's terrible. I mean, when that's Andrew there. Giuliani says I'm gonna call, he really is gonna call him. That's gonna be the funny part. He's gonna hang up with me. He's gonna call Sebastian and go, Don't do that to the kid, Phil. He's a good kid. And I Phil's all upset now. He's crying, he wants to go home. You know, it's terrible. It's terrible.
0: First off, I'm gonna <laughs> see where he is. If he's been to an airport today, he probably is also on the beach or something like that at Mar-a-Lago or something. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> probably sure. never even close to the
1: airport today. I'm sure he is. Hey, listen, uh, as always, a great appearance. Thank you so much for coming on this morning. Again, great, great, great information. Enjoy the rest of your time in Florida. I'll leave you alone now. I promise you the next couple of days. I'll see you when you get back, Andrew. Thank you so much.
0: Thanks, Sid. We'll talk to you later.
1: All right, folks. There he is, Andrew Giuliani, once again, making a great appearance on the Sid Rosenberg Show.